It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Rolling up to get ready. Yeah. Rolling up to get ready. Good day. Hi, y'all. Episode four. My name's Ed. I am Peter. There's Ed and Peter. I'm going to turn you up a bit, Peter. Get your volume going up there. Okay. I reckon that sounds better. Alright, this week's letter is the letter... D. D, the letter D. And I have the magic cup of words which we have assembled. Giving it a shake now. Say when. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Put a lot of thought into that one. Alright, this week's word is... <laughs> I was afraid of this. I was afraid of this one. <clears throat> this week's word is not a word, but I believe it's a name. Or at least a proper noun of sorts. This week's word is Dole. Dole, yes, the company Dole. The company our Dole. Friends. Our, so our fruit friends. Let us, let us uh, preface this by saying we're not sponsored by Dole. So Dole, if you'd like to... We, know, we won't be after this episode. If you'd sure. like to send us some money, that would be great. <laughs> We'll um, that up why don't you? Why don't you introduce? Seeing, seeing as you toss this word into the mix, why don't you introduce us to Dole? Well, I mean, I think most people are familiar with Dole. Uh, you know, the the, the infamous uh, Dole Whip. Yep. Uh, from from you know theme parks. Disneyland uh, from Disneyland. Yeah. Pineapple juice, Dole canned fruits. You know, all, all those kinds of things that you buy at the grocery store, or at least your grandmother did. Um, this is true. They're an interesting sort of global phenomenon. They, yeah. They, they don't just can fruit, they do all sorts of nasty things, or at least historically known to do so. As as most fruit companies have done, there's something about there's something about the countries that fruit come from that people think if I start a fruit company I need to do some fairly insidious things. Yeah, and uh, and so Dole did, you know, you know, I guess it's par for the course. If you're a fruit company, you do fairly insidious things, which I think is important for our listeners to understand. Um, and if you don't believe us, just do some research. I know that sounds like <laughs> lame, but but really, well, it's um, it's it's crazy. So what makes Dole exceptional is that you know, while we you know we make jokes about banana republics and whatnot. Uh, Hawaii is part of the United States of America because of Dole. Mm -hmm. And so, and why do they have uh, pineapples in Hawaii? Do you know this? Uh, tell me. Uh, this might be an idiomatic story. This might be more fable than fact. But the story, as I've heard it, is that um, pineapples used to be extremely opulent things. If you were a very wealthy person, you would uh, display wax pineapples in your house. And it's also why a lot of bedsteads, bedsteads, bedheads, and doorknobs in uh, fancy hotels are pineapple shaped. It was a really, really costly thing to get because you could only- One pineapple grows per plant. Sorry? Only one pineapple grows per plant. But also it was very difficult to get them up to the United States in the Gilded Age, in the sort of mid to late 1800s, to get them from South America to uh, New York, they would rot in the process. So to, to actually have a fresh pineapple, people used to be able to rent pineapples to, uh, to put in their houses, just so when other people came around, they'd be like, sorry? Exactly, they'd be like, holy cow, there's a pineapple. And apparently, apparently the story goes that uh, either Dole or a fellow who he worked with noticed that the ground in Hawaii was very similar to the ground that they were growing pineapples in in South America. And he thought, well, oh, I, could, I, I could make uh, pineapple plantations here and if it was part of the United States, we would have much easier shipping and we'd be able to get these opulent 
bulbs, whatever he called them, these these magnificent beasts sure. to United States much more cost effectively. Plants, yeah. So that's that's the story as I've heard it. Whether that's the factual story, maybe we'll have to put a fact check tag on the end of this. That might just be the f- idea. But that's a you know, I mean, that's a good place to start. So so then then what happens? Uh, there was also a guy called Sam Zemeray. There was a man named Sam Zemeray who was the banana man. So if you look up a man named Sam Zemeray, he made himself into what would probably be the, the modern equivalent of a multi-multi-billionaire because he was the first person to successfully bring bananas into the United States from the Isthmus of Panama without them rotting. And the way that he did this was a very, very specific thing. He chose a, a, a specific genus of banana he said, you know, we, we've got all these different kinds of bananas. What we need is one that will stay fresh, one that will one that will survive the trip and make it all the way up. And he, he found this genus called La Gros Michel, which is the, the fat Michael or the big Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what made it so special was that it was really, really wet inside. It had an incredible venous system in its skin. So it would keep all the moisture in the banana when they shipped it up. And so they, they, they shipped up these bananas, and this man, Sam Zemray, made himself an absolute fortune in the process. And nowadays, the Gros Michel banana does not exist anymore. It went extinct because, and I'm talking a lot here, but I'm just going to rush through this story very quickly. Because uh, bananas are not grown from seeds. Bananas are grown from things called rhizomes, where they, or rhizomes, or however you pronounce it, where they cut, they cut a piece of the tree, and then they just pretty much copy and paste that tree. So these, these plantations have exactly the same DNA. So in the 1950s, there was a fungus, a fungal strain, that got into the Gros Michel, and because they had exactly the same DNA, once it was in, it just spread and eviscerated this thing. Which is why I've nowadays... Heard I've, I've heard that we're in, in peril of bananas becoming sort of extinct. Because... Constantly, because of the way bananas are grown. And it's also why if you eat a banana candy today, it doesn't taste like a banana, because it was, it was modelled on that Gros Michel banana taste, which doesn't exist anymore. And it's also why... People in like 1910s and 1920s slapstick movies used to slip on banana peels because that was a real thing from these very wet bananas oh. that don't exist anymore. Anyway, that's really interesting. So, okay, so so back to Hawaii. Okay. Right. So so Dole basically rolls into Hawaii, right? And uh, Hawaii is at this point not part of the United States. It's a kingdom. Um, yep. It's a kingdom. It's the Hawaiian kingdom. So, yeah. Last queen of Hawaii, interestingly enough, ended up in the Haida Gwaii, uh, okay. uh, which is now the part of Canada. Yeah, um, the Haida Gwaii, uh, the Haida Gwaii Island. Yeah, and apparently there's a there's a relationship between the people in the Haida Gwaii and the people of Hawaii historically, um, and uh, so I, I don't know. She lived out her days basically in what's now part of Canada, um, for better or for worse. And uh, and recorded a lot of songs, and those songs were sort of messages to her people uh, about how they should conduct themselves. And you know, they were sort of like stately, kind of the Queen's message that we we get every Christmas. Thank mm. goodness, right? Have um, you heard them? So so that's kind of a neat thing to look into. But it's also just kind of it's interesting that this you know basically corporate takeover of an independent kingdom led to Hawaii being one of the United States, right? And, and maybe that says something about America, too. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been? Have you ever been to Hawaii? No, I haven't. Have you? No, I haven't. I'd love to. But from what I hear, it's, you know, you, you envision it as being quite wonderfully tropical and natural and paradise, and then you get there and it's just another city. So maybe it depends on where you go. Well, I suppose well, or, have to. or maybe a bunch of plantations, right? 
Yeah, I'd love to live on a plantation. You know, honestly, like honestly that's like as if I could if I could pick a retirement plan. Living on a giant fruit plantation would be really high up there for me. What kind of what, what kind of fruit? Oh, peaches, definitely peaches, peaches, peaches for days. Peaches. Yeah. Would you be willing to, for example, stage like an armed conflict with the state of Georgia? The state of Georgia, like the country, or the state of Georgia, like Georgia in the United States? Like, like Georgia beaches, you know? Like, you, I you think, could maybe try to take them over somehow, politically or by force. That's right. Exile the governor of Georgia and become the peach king of the world. That, okay, you're just, you're, you're literally just describing my retirement plan. Okay, perfect. So you're modeling your retirement after, you know, Dole. What, what was Dole's first name? Do we know this? Uh, I don't. The first Dole I think of okay. is Bob Dole. We're, we're, we're going into this, we're careening into this one with, with no facts. And again, this is part of the... Uh, <laughs> That's what we do every time. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is what we do every time. That's why we have the cup, so that we can't practice, we can't rehearse, we can't research. Yeah. There's no practice, so no rehearsal. So it's rehears- our job as our listeners to, to fact check for us, because okay. we can't be bothered. I can't, uh, believe, I'm, I can't believe I'm actually live Wikipediaing on this. <laughs> I can't believe you're doing that either. I thought, <laughs> we should make a rule. We can't do that again. Uh, it's <laughs> there you go, if, James. If, James if, if, Dole. James Dole. Yeah. Okay. Jimmy Dole. Good job. Jimmy Dole. Job. <laughs> wait, wait. Was he? What uh, was he? Was he the same family as Bob Dole? Like the guy who wanted to be the guy who I, I wanted would, to be president? I assume that you know Bob Dole is a is a distant relative somehow. I mean, you, you, there's probably not a whole lot of Doles in the states. Yeah, Bob Dole is also kind of a champ. He's like 96, 97, still going. Good on him. Still going. Maybe it's all those pineapples. Yeah, we we can only assume. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what about you? You're 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 living out your days, you're in your eighties, you're on a plantation somewhere. A, where is it? B, what are you growing? Oh man. Uh let's uh let's circle back to uh, an earlier episode uh that may or may not exist. I would like <laughs> to be growing the secret episodes. Sorry. Let's grow some I'd like to grow pluots. Doesn't doesn't one guy own the like right to grow pluots though? Well, one guy basically has created the stock, the grafting stock for every single stone fruit you've ever conceived, right. like ever consumed commercially. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I could buy some grafting stock from him and have my own clue up plantation. And for those for those missing the clue, there's a book called The Perfect Fruit that we're referencing at the moment. It's well worth the read. Definitely. It's short. You can read it in a weekend, but it tells you everything you need to know about the economics of fruit production. Yes, and also uh, a book called The Fish That Ate the Whale is a great one about the history of uh, mass fruit production. It's funny, I went into this doll episode thinking we were all prepared, but now suddenly all this, all this old information is bubbling to the surface. <laughs> Do you feel better now? I feel much better, yeah. Because, okay, this book, this book, you know, plug for whoever wrote this book, I can't remember, the fish, it's called The Fish That Ate the Whale. And it really teaches you about how, you know, fruit has this image of being like family businesses, you know, like uh, old old mom and pop who run the fruit Great. farm. and Great. Yeah. But then you can pretty much trace your fruit to one of, you know, four or five com- uh, companies wherever you are. It's sort of like that thing of, you know, you think of KFC and Pizza Hut or something as independent businesses, but then when you trace them up, they're all part of the same family. If you trace uh, your... So it's the fish that ate the whale. I get it. Sorry, say again? It's the fish that ate the whale. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> another another great book on on fruit history for those who are interested, and it's oh, one of those things. It's one of those things. It's one of those things that believe me. If you if you're not interested, you will be once you start looking into it. It, it is kind of wild, right? It, it's kind of like uh, you you ate the pill, 
I can't remember which one's supposed to be which, red or blue or whatever, but you know, you you you, you dig into anything that you consume, and uh, it's pretty wild the stories behind it. Whether it's you know taking over entire kingdoms or you know uh, developing monopolies over grafted fruits, I mean, it's the the whole world's wild. I mean, the fact that people can can patent and copyright fruits is pretty is pretty. I was I was literally about to say pretty bananas, and I wasn't even doing it deliberately. The fact that people can. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh how, how are we doing uh, how are we doing for time here Eddie? yeah we're doing good we're we're getting up there any last thoughts on uh, on dole or the fruit world honestly all this all this talk has has got me a little bit hungry and i have a plastic fruit cup in my kitchen that's not uh, real that's it's... not fruit though that's 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 where fruit goes to die that's the that's the desecrated corpse of fruit so i trust that it will taste like a peach no, that's unacceptable to me. Like you, you, you mean... probably patented peaches. Uh, they certainly patented the peach fruit cup. I don't. <laughs> You're talking about those things that like kindergartners have with the with the foil yeah, seal, yeah, and then. You... Yeah. And you. I, it's it's the middle of January. I know it's the beginning of February. I can't get a real peach right now. the best I can do. But you, who is a food aficionado. Who, 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 who can tell me the difference between arugula and rocket, somebody who genuinely believes in, in food and its integrity, you're going to tell me that you're okay with eating a fruit cup? Uh, yeah. Anyone who's ever cooked professionally appreciates nothing more than someone else making them a meal, <laughs> even if the person making them that meal was like a terrible global player who literally destroyed people's lives so that I could enjoy that fruit cup. That's one hell of a chef, then. I guess. <laughs> Anything you eat is hurting someone, you know. Yeah. Well, I hope not, but it does sound right. It sounds sounds like something that would be true. Unless you're a Jan, and I'm gonna sub, I'm gonna put Jan in now for when we get to the letter J, because uh, those guys don't hurt anyone. They, they they literally only eat the fruit that falls from trees. So uh, you know, they're they're doing okay. What are they called? Jans. Jans. All right, we'll have to put that one in the J cup. All right, there you go. Letter D. <laughs> Letter D was dull, and against all odds, we made it to the made it to the finish line. And you know what else starts with D? Done for the day. Done for the day. Good alliteration. Thanks, right. man. People love that shit. There it is. Uh, Letter D. My name's Ed. I'm Peter. All right, there it is. Ed and Peter. See ya.